You're good. Hello, everyone. This is the Fresher in Parlance show, episode number six. I am Fresher. And I am Parlance. So, yeah, it's happening. Yeah, episode number six. We have, uh, I, this is the first time I, push, I pushed out to Facebook. Oh, so we're going to get some Facebook viewers? I don't think we're going to get any viewers, but I put it on Facebook. <laughs> it does still say zero viewers. So. Yeah, zero viewers, but, you know... Maybe people will, you know, it's late on the East Coast, and I think a good chunk of my fellow... Because uh, we're basically late-night TV. We are late-night TV. We're better than uh, Jimmy Fallon. I know. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, we have uh, fake graphics and everything. Fake graphics, and I added hashtags to this, to oh, this broadcast. Oh, we're moving up. Hashtags. Yeah, Super Bowl 2014. Richard, oh, that's going to get some hits. Richard Sherman. Uh... I should have put I should have put um, Skittles maybe three um, D printing hashtag fishing hashtag oh man yeah I'm going way out there way out there today so, so. some good some good stuff yeah some good stuff so let's get let's get right on into it so yeah, how's, uh, uh, how's your week been oh Pete? I'm start I, that's atypical normally we go with your week all right I know uh, that's why I busted in wow Mixed up a bit uh, well let's see since last week. Um, I went. Uh, we had a. I had a long weekend. At, uh, our my company and our company actually had Monday off for MLK Day. That um, is true. We had Monday off, which was nice. Um, I I slept in till about 10 a.m. Um, my wife had work, so I essentially had the day to myself. I uh, made breakfast for myself. I spooled up some fishing. Uh, my new fishing reel, and I headed out to the Skykomish River in hopes of catching a steelhead. And that was Monday. I did not catch anything, but it was a wonderful day. So we're probably going to be in a drought here in Seattle very soon because we've not had any rain at all, really. Pretty much it's been a dry month of January. Um, although, although I'm glad we lived up to the stereotype in that the, the, the playoff game against the Saints. It was pouring rain, and people were like, ha-ha, see, it rains in Seattle. Um, <laughs> on Saturday, I had you over and, a, and another friend um, along with my wife, and we watched the, the Seahawks game. Yeah, it was an epic game. Epic game. Epic game. And there's, I think we've had that on our agenda to talk about a few of the, the, the outcome of the game and, and some of the uh, consequences of the action. I know, I mean, come on, we're going to the Super Bowl. Woo! Super Bowl! <laughs> yeah. It's so much Super Bowl fever, they built a, a souvenir kiosk in our building. It is uh, kind of comical. I see guys selling uh, jersey T-shirts like on street corners and things, and there's people actually going to them. Yeah, I every it's fever. It's feverish. It's a it's complete, super feverish. It's super super duper feverish. And I really think everything else this week has been pretty standard. I haven't really uh, done a lot. I did catch up on How I Met Your Mother. I was about six episodes or seven episodes behind um, the, uh, the the current episode, and and it records in HD. Our queue was filling up. I caught up on that. I caught up on Grimm. I think by the way, Grimm. It's an NBC show. Um, I have a pen today. I don't know what happened there. Um, <laughs> it's good. It's very, uh, you know, Letterman-esque. And um, Grimm is an NBC show, and I, I tell you what, it's completely underrated. I think it falls uh, under the radar to a lot of people, probably primarily because it airs on Friday night. Um, but I enjoy it. I really enjoy it. I think it's a, it's a solid show. It's a solid show. Cool. And I, haven't, I haven't watched it yet. It's, it's really not that bad. I mean, it's really more episodic. Uh, in nature, in its nature, I mean, there is an overall longer story arc, but it's kind of a little bit more 
uh, I don't want to say SVU or, you know, Law and Order. It's not like that episodic. Um, but I really like it. They shoot in Portland, so it's Pacific Northwest, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I really like that show. I've been told that I only give negative reviews, so I wanted to throw out a positive shout-out to a... I don't a know. You've talked... You've spoken highly of a lot of shows that we've talked about and books and whatnot. Like, we had the whole best of. How is that negative? That's true. That is true. That was a show dedicated to good, though. Yeah, so you're mixing in some good this time. It's I'm mixing dedicated. in some good. Yeah, and I also... Uh, before uh, Let's... I really wanted to talk about Helix, which I did ultimately, I had a lot of anticipation for, and I did watch the first um, two episodes, um, or I should say the, this two-hour season um, premiere, and uh, I thought it was, I think it has a, it has some, uh, a chance to be pretty good. I, I, I'm looking forward to watching episode three, which is sitting on my DVR. I may even watch it tonight after the show. So is um, it just those three episodes? It is, uh, it is just uh, right now three episodes. It is, cool. and yeah, it is. It is switching. We, we should be switching. Cool. Don't click anything on the bottom. I didn't, I didn't do anything. Yeah. I was being covert about the whole situation. Yeah, so uh, also, how was your week, Jeremy? My week was maybe fantastic. I mean, I guess nothing out of the ordinary, but uh, I'm just, you know, feeling it. What are you feeling? I don't know. It's, you know, just a good good week or whatever. Let's see what happens. I mean, Monday was off. That was nice. And then uh, Sunday I went to the KXB Martin Luther King party thing. They had a lot of good music, and a lot of people showed up to that. How is a party about Martin Luther King celebrated, per se? Uh, I mean, it was just like regular DJ-type party situation, but um, they... Threw out a couple of dedications and whatnot. I yeah, I don't know. So I really, just, it was just an excuse to have a party on Sunday night that they could do late because people have Monday off. Uh maybe. I mean, it's a regular event that they do, but I didn't look into the um, details much. I just heard about it and went. I feel like uh, you know, you know, some people have issues with the um, holiday, Martin Luther King in particular, because they feel as though most people don't actually care about what MLK stands for and they just perceive it as a day off. I do too. I'm guilty of it. And I, I think that's okay. But that's like almost every holiday ever. Uh, not all holidays, no. Pretty much. Uh, I mean, even Christmas, like nobody cares about stuff, which would be like probably a go-to for a counterexample. I think actually plenty of people care about Christmas and plenty of people go and do kind of religious things I think, um, well, yeah, I mean, I think some people do it on all of them, but it's just whether or not it's a majority, basically. Right, and I, that's what I, and that's my feeling about really all holidays, Memorial Day, Veterans Day, Fourth of July. Like, on the Fourth of July, I don't have a birthday cake that says, like, America, and then blow up the, like, 200 and some candles or whatever. I don't, you know, I, I feel like... <laughs> that's a, a good a, idea. I kind of want to. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, was going to. My friend was asking, so did you listen to the... Um, Martin Luther King speeches today because it's, you know, Martin Luther King Day. And I didn't, but I think I'm going to start to next year. I think that well, sounds like a good thing to do. Well, the thing is we just had the 50th anniversary of that event. Yeah, they were talking a lot on the radio about that. Right, so I feel as though I got enough of that, um, you know, whatever, two months ago or whatever that was. So I don't know if I necessarily feel like I, I need to, to listen to it again. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's a definitely an inspiring speech. Yeah, I mean, he, he was definitely 
an amazing speaker. I mean, hearing someone, I don't know. I'm really, I'm a, touched by it every time that I listen. There's really a fascinating story about the co the copy of that speech. You mean so, like the written version? Yeah, so he had a written version, and someone showed up there uh, by, you know, happenstance and went up and asked him for the copy of the speech, and he gave it to him. And it's now like a national treasure, and he owns it in perpetuity. And, oh, um, I did hear about that, yeah. Yeah, and the famous part, like, you know, uh, the I have a dream part or whatever, all that stuff, I yeah. believe is not in the actual written speech. It's actually all ad-libbed. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah, so obviously a lot of kudos out to his uh, uh, ability to ad-lib and, and, and speak profoundly kind of off the cuff, right? That's amazing. I think that's like, you know, I mean, it was Martin Luther King, Sam. Yeah, right. Dr. But, Martin Luther King. Yeah, so I felt, you know, I somewhat celebrated that. So that was good. And then uh, having Monday off, I got some other things done. And then another of our topics, uh, whoa, <laughs> I got my 3D printer working. So that's exciting. I've been printing things. It takes a lot of uh, setting up and um, calibrating, but uh, I got it to work fairly well. So let's. I this. I feel like we talked about this a, I, maybe a little too much today in the office because I was pretty enamored with the whole process and the video you showed me and the outcome of the kind of the things that you've done. Do you have something right there? Could you maybe show it? Uh, well, I I left the whistle that I printed, which was the first thing that I did. I thought it was a pretty impressive example. But I have this uh this bracelet that I printed because I was thinking of practical things. Let's see, was it going to focus on it? But it worked out pretty good. Like. It's, you know, 3D. Like, it looks difficult to make any other way besides 3D printing. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty high res. Like, you can see the strands and stuff of my eye patch. But, yeah, oh, there, there it we goes. Go. There it goes. Yeah, so it's kind of like, you know, not the highest, you know, detail, but it, it still looks kind of cool even in its imperfection. Yeah, I th so I'm fascinated with 3D printing technology, and I often have conversations with a lot of people about the, uh, first off, the, the te technology is rapidly improving over time, right? Yeah, no, it's gotten, and I think the main thing about 3D printing that is pretty impressive about it is the hardware is actually not that, like, advanced or detailed. Like, we could have had this kind of thing, like, forever. It's really the software that makes all the difference, that makes it possible, because it's all the um, the algorithms to figure out like how to do the layering and I mean it takes a pretty powerful computer to get those things set up. Does it is it does it require a really powerful computer or or not? I mean I don't think, I yeah it's pretty I mean you can't just run it on an old computer it has to be like a more new computer otherwise it just takes forever. The same thing is like three D three D graphics and stuff that used to be you know like only a nice computer can do it and now like most computers are totally fine with it. But I feel like the rendering thing, it's its really similar, except for that it's having to do a lot of calculations and things like that. I see. All right. Well, uh, so here's the thing. Is this go are these going to be in uh, in every everyone's home? Is this something that you think will eventually find its way into everyone's home? I, I don't know if it's... Because there's not really a super practical use. I mean, really, regular paper printers aren't that useful either. I mean, you just don't use that much physical stuff. Like, I can't see it being, you know, a regular consumer device. There's not, like, a really practical application for it. But um, maybe, I think that you could, 
I've heard a lot of stuff about libraries maybe having a 3D printer that would be set up and so people would have like you know freedom of information that they could go and print their thing that they made or downloaded at the library as like a, a common space. Kind of makes oh, more sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because then it's like the whole open source uh, type thing but for physical objects but then also open source in the sense of it's a community area that you can use because they have a lot of spaces like that too. I mean this isn't I think they were talking about that like a year or two ago. I don't know how. I think they only have one or two of them. So for me, I think in the future, like the future of 3D printing for me is, is I think, probably more along the lines of hobbyists, uh, enthusiasts who, uh, who are very mechanical or like to fabricate things and build things, um, uh, tech, tech, technologically savvy people who want to kind of tinker and play with stuff. I don't feel as though my mom would be partaking. Now, now I know your dad is an engineer, and he's the one that started this with you. Yeah. Um, so he's, like, again, part of that other side. But I don't think this... I find, like, I think it's amazing. I think what you could do with it is amazing, but I just feel like the practicality of it is just not going to take yeah, off. I think Even it's, like, not that... I mean, it's not that practical for a lot of regular... Like, there's nothing you're going to, like, make an everyday use thing out of. And also, it's not that easy to do. I mean, you can't... It's not plug-and-play. <laughs> Like, you have to do a lot of settings, and, like, it doesn't... There's a lot of adjustments you have to make. So there, do you think that there is ever going to... Do you think there is an opportunity or a business opportunity or uh, a future where it will become plug-and-play? I mean, there could be. It would just have to be more self-adjusting. But then I don't know what the application would be, really. It's also really slow. I mean, it takes... Like, to, to make this bracelet uh, took, like, an hour and a half or something. Right, but I mean, let's say you didn't have that. What is a like? What if that was being made in a, a manufacturing facility? What do you think the time would be to make something like that? Uh, I mean, you'd have to make it a mass run, and then it would take like less than five seconds to make each one. Because what are they stamping it? Yeah, they. I mean, probably use some sort of yeah mold. Uh, but then making the mold is the hard part, and then you have to. You can't change it. This is like rapid prototyping. Right. So it's more like it would be not for the final product, but for like coming up with the final product. And then if you wanted to mass mass produce, you'd need to retool to do a different. You're not going to mass produce on a 3D printer. Right. Right. I see. So you, you know, I thought it was interesting. Like you showed me some Lego kind of um, molds that will kind of combine Tinker Toys with Legos and Lincoln Logs with Legos, and uh, I don't even know there was other uh, variations of that. I thought that was pretty interesting, and I think yeah. yeah but again, if it takes an hour to make one kind of interconnecting uh, Lego slash Lincoln log combo, I don't feel like that is a great. Uh, I mean, I'm not. I wouldn't advocate to go out and buy one just to do that because it's. I a, know. Yeah. I yeah. mean, there's not. It's more. If you were gonna have a small business and print, like 3D prototyping for someone who doesn't have it, I feel like that's mostly what people are like kind of trying to do, and then they like have it all set up. And then they'll do things for you, like, you know, like like those old T-shirt printing shops they used to have at the mall. Do they still uh, have those? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't. Ours wasn't in the mall where I grew up. There was one place. It was called Godfather, uh, Godfather's, and it was in Old Forge, which was our neighboring town. Yeah. And they, they did all the 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 the, pre, the press work. They did every. They had a monopoly on the local T-shirt market. Yeah, I feel like it's that kind of thing where I mean. Someone could get the stuff to make T-shirts. It wasn't that hard. It's just that, you know, 
if you're just doing all the t-shirts, it's like a lot easier for you to get really good at it. Right, right. So I, here, I, I think I was talking about this earlier. I think I would get on board if there was some sort of food one. Now, you said there was a chocolate one. That's yeah, less they do exciting. have a chocolate 3D printer, I think, that they were demonstrating Hershey's was. And uh, it's just really what you're making things out of because the whole control part is already done. You just have to adjust the settings for what the material is. Right. So I want... So there was a, a novel written by Neil Stevenson. I think it was... Uh, it wasn't Snow Crash. It was the other one, the Young, uh, la- young Ladies Primer. I forget the name of it. And they had these... So food... If you wanted fancy food, you would have to pay for that. But they had these um, readily available, free-to-the-public, basic food-making, uh, um, I guess, printers or whatever you would want. Essentially like a in Star like Trek. Like a replicator from Star Trek. Yes, exactly. Like a replicator from Star Trek. And it was, it was advocating for her to pick this kind of, quote-unquote, like sushi-like... Uh, material because it was healthy and, and it was all about making her like the best person she could possibly be and I thought that, that would, wouldn't that be an amazing world where we like food became no longer a problem where we just have these kiosks now if you want a fancy food that yeah. was, you could pay for it but if on the corner you just have this food replicator that just spits out some food because you're hungry and you don't have the money or it's just this society that allows you to have this free food I hope like we get there because that would be amazing if we had like the raw material like you were saying the raw material for the plastics was relatively inexpensive, correct? Yeah, I mean well it's like 30 bucks for like 2 pounds of it and I think that's yeah, but like that makes a lot of stuff. Right. I mean, so it takes maybe like Yeah, I mean I'm sure it's like less than 30 to 50 cents for something to make it. Right, and I'm thinking like not uh, so I'm thinking not a for the, these this weird world, this weird utopian world where there's like a offer of free food. I was thinking like you know it's some sort of protein like congealy something or other. And a lot makes... of the other things that I've read about, they just eat algae. They have like specific nutrient algaes that like they grow for really efficiently, and that's just the main source of food, kind of like soy except for algae. Right. Whatever it is, I'm just thinking like you, you're saying there's a lot of jiggering and 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 monkeying around to get it to um like to make it for each specific thing. But if there's only like three presets or four presets with maybe a couple flavor profiles, I imagine it could be pretty. Yeah. Simple. No. I mean, you could definitely like set it up to be more automated. It's just that there's like a lot of variance. I mean, right now. I mean, that's the same thing with anything. Like you just refine it to more specific things you want. It's just right now there's not really specifics. Everyone's just messing around. Right, and I saw a 60 Minutes where they were doing organ printing. Oh, yeah, yeah, with cells? Yeah, with like, uh, well, it was like a start. You start with a cell, and then you harvest, you harvest maybe it was a, a version of a stem cell. They, uh, the, the, the advancements in, in, in cellular uh, regeneration or technology is amazing. I know, they take, it's crazy. Yeah, they take like regular cells and turn them into stem cells now. Like, we had a issue, like an ethical issue, with stem cell usage back during, like, I think it was Bush one's first term, where he put a moratorium on it uh, because he felt it was unethical to harvest stem cells from fetuses or whatever. And it sounded now it turns out like we don't need to use those stem cells necessarily. We could cr- take regular cells and turn them into cell uh, yeah, stem cells. Yeah, I know it got way more crazy. It's way more advanced. So maybe in some regard, his kind of like conservative viewpoint. Um, pushed forward innovation because they had to find ways around 
or maybe just technology caught up to the point where. I mean, I'm pretty sure, regardless whether it was his regulation or not, it's just cheaper to not do it with fetuses. Yeah, right, right. And there's I don't less... think that that was a, like probably a huge factor. Right, and less ethical lines being crossed. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I know it's crazy when they need to like have an extra ear. People that grow ear on their face, or like some guy like so. I think in China they do crazy stuff too. Like they, someone had his hand cut off, and they reattach it to his leg while it was, uh, you know, while they were fixing the other stuff so they could put it back later and stuff. It, it's craziness. Yeah, and I, I think all sort of 3D technology, printing technology, organic and inorganic, I think has a place in the future, and I think... Uh, it's like I, on Fifth Element, when they rebuilt that chick. Oh, yeah. That's probably my favorite uh, regenerating thing. Plus, that chick was just awesome. One of my favorite... Ula. Was it Ula? I don't know her name, but that's well, probably one of my favorite female characters in a movie. It was... Uh, um, I think it was Ula, and it was... Um, it was Mia Jovovich. 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 Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, and she had this the tape outfit. Yeah. Every year, so it doesn't matter where you go, and, and around the world, uh, there's always, like, at least... A hundred women around 100? the world. Well, that was more than I was thinking you were going to say. A hundred women around the world that dress up like her. Oh, it's yeah, definitely. Lilu. I mean, around it's the Lilu. world. Alilu is her name. Uh, that dress up like... It could be even just like at Comic-Cons you go to. There's always at least two people dressed yeah. up as her. That movie's pretty old now. I haven't rewatched it. I should rewatch it. Uh, and on another... One of my friends' podcasts, they had a... a if they had a theme this week for their podcast, which was... Um, uh, movies that you like that other people don't. Um, Ooh, that's I, pretty good. Yeah, and I, I and let's, I let's steal it. Well, we should, I I would steal. I well, I sent it. I I put it on their Facebook page. I like Chris Tucker movies and all of them. So even all if of them. Like, all, what are some examples? Uh, well, the Rush Hour series. Oh, One, Rush two, Hour, three, yeah, right. Those were. Um, right. Yeah, see, I love them. I think they're great. Even three, which was probably the worst. Of, I mean, all of I like them. And and money and money talks, which Charlie Sheen, which was just on recently, um, on TV. I saw it and I watched. I watched most of it, if not all of it. What about uh, Nicolas Cage movies? Uh, see, I don't have. See, to me, Chris Tucker, he retired, and he stopped making movies. So he only made like five, and then he just recently came back with Silver Linings Playbook. So his his overall filmography is way smaller. Nick Cage just does everything. He's in like three movies a year. So you can't make a bold statement like that with Nick Cage because it's literally a hundred movies. Like, I know, and they're all like weird. And and uh, Bruce Willis is the same way. That's, He's a, that's hey. Jeff. Jeff time. <laughs> I, I remain quiet so it could stay on Jeff. Oh, so yeah. Yeah, Bruce Willis is another one. He's in a ton of movies, and I actually think I like most. I would say I generally like maybe. Ninety-five percent of Bruce Willis movies. I mean, he's had some. Yeah, stinkers. yeah for sure. Yeah. But like, what are some bad ones he's in? Well, in that movie, in that podcast, they talked about Hudson Hawk, which was. I didn't was, see it. Uh, it's not. A, it's not very good. It's not very good at all. Um, but he, you know, they also mentioned in Blind Date, which I actually think Blind Date probably is better. Um, it's with like John Larroquette, where he, um, he falls in love with a woman, and then this woman gets. Is wants to be with this other person. He knows her secret weakness and kind of like tries to sabotage the whole, 
the whole thing. Um, but huh. he's been, he's been in a ton of. I I couldn't even begin. Like I'm, I'm I was thinking of going to IMDb right now to just look at his his raw or whatever you want to call it his his filmography and um, but he's been in so many it would be almost impossible to um, to find it. To, no, he has to, been just, a lot of pick, movies. He, like all of them. Like, there's so I'm I'm looking right now. How many movies has he been in? And he's been in. I said a hundred movies. I wasn't far off. He's been in 96 movies. That is a lot. That's so many movies. And I'm looking. He averages like in 2012 he was in one, two, three, four, five, six movies. Just in 2012. <laughs> I know. How do you do that? That seems like difficult. Uh yeah. So I you know he probably well. You, you probably, a lot of the movies, you know, let's say you start, most of them are probably shot in 2010 and 2011, and then come out in 2012. Oh, yeah, but still, I mean. Yeah, I don't know. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, anyway, I, 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 here, look, we have to go back to it. We've got to talk about Seahawk Fever. I know, Seahawk Fever. It's crazy. It's sweeping the city. It's sweeping the city, and it. I I'm a I feel like I'm a sentimentalist, uh, but you know people may not say that, but I do get excited, uh, or I should say I get a, a sentimental about um, uh, just weird things. And for whatever reason, the city coming together and all everyone uh, you know rooting for a sports team, which is so stupid. Like why do I care? I kind of like it. I like when yeah. they I like when I everyone like the uh, just the camaraderie of the city. It's great. Everyone focused on one thing. You know, grandma, grandpa, mom, dad, and the kids, and even the dogs. My dog is wearing a Seahawks like little scarf. I'm pretty sure it wasn't. You know, he's like only wants to wear that one. He, well, I took it off him last night, and he 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 like gave a little tear. But that could have been just a Shih Tzu like <laughs> eye water, right? Yeah. No, I don't think it was. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he wants to wear that uh that scarf. Well, you know why I took it off him? Huh. I took it off him because it was. It's, he'd been wearing it consecutively for since they won the again, <laughs> yeah, on Saturday. Yeah. No, since the Saints. Since the Saints, so like a week. Oh really? What? So I took it off and I and I ironed it. I oh, ironed that's it. That's nice of you. Yeah. So now it looks much better. It looks much better. So let's talk about it. We had a party and um, my good friend Dino uh, came over and he brought his um he, he brought his infant child, Eleni. Yeah, I know. And, and Which is cool, but I loved it. I thought it was great. And um, what I thought was even better, more great, was that he has like a point system. Which actually, I think we should have him on here to talk <laughs> about the point system. How when he, because his wife was off doing like some other event, and he got points for babysitting, even though he was enjoying himself and got free food. Um, uh, but you know, you one thing I've learned is you don't take a a baby to uh, specifically a sleeping baby to a Football party. I know. There was a lot of yelling during uh, the exciting parts that was probably too much commotion for so, the week. So this is how I, this is this is every every five minutes. Quiet. We're talking. Something happens in the game positive to the Seahawks for the Seahawks. Someone yells, <laughs> and then we all get up and high five. We all high five, and the baby starts crying. And the baby is crying, 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 and we all feel terrible. So we're like poking the baby and rubbing the baby and putting the little beanie. What is that thing? The, the, uh, the binky, mouth. I guess. We so had the binky, putting the binky in the mouth. Um, and I really felt bad, but I could not. Ha- I'm not even a Seahawks fan, but I have the fever, Jeremy. I know, I know. So I got emotionally invested, and um, 
I mean, plus, it was just like an exciting game. I mean, they started out pretty horribly, and like they just had those couple hits. Oh, starting off with that fumble? I mean, oh, that was I thought ridiculous. it was over. I like watched the first five seconds. Oh, terrible, terrible. First place, running, running around, and oh, terrible. And and then after the game, and this is like the, I mean, the most talked about thing is that Richard Sherman interview. Yeah, I know. I th- I mean, I thought it was cool. I mean, it doesn't. Why is it? What was the bad part about it? Okay, well, for me, well, first off, he personally called out someone. Said, yeah, but it was the guy who called like him out earlier. And I also heard none of this is verified, just from talking to people. That uh, he had some charity event, and that other dude was being a dick to him at his own charity. Well, that's terrible. And so, like, he was, you know, he was just, you know, getting him back. And plus, it was totally in that guy's face because he was talking <laughs> about how he was the best and stuff. And then he got shut down, like full on, like right. game deciding factor. <laughs> well, well, what I loved about it is he. Aaron Andrews, who's the blonde sideline reporter, which is a whole other thing. Why are all women on the sidelines, with the exception of a few? I mean, they're all sideline women reporters, but she puts the mic into his face, like, 20 seconds after he makes this I know, this of course amazing... he's going to be all riled up. Right, but he stares right in. Like, I'm staring right now. He stares right into these, like... And it's... He put... I watched a lot of wrestling growing up. Yeah, I know. That's what everyone's... I mean, talking about right. So I totally felt all thing. he needed, all he needed was at the very end, go brother, and I could, <laughs> and I, it was like a Shermaniac, a Shermaniac, a Shermaniac. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty baller though that he came out in the suit and bow tie later though. That was like ten minutes later or something. So I'm, I think I need to, I need to copyright this right now, a Shermaniac. <laughs> Do it. Copyright it. I mean, it's on our it's on our YouTube video. We're live right now. Shermania, Shermania is real. Yeah, it's dated. It's timestamped. So, so used it first. So it, what's interesting is that the you know immediately following the game, Twitter blew up, right? And yeah. and they were using the word thug, T H U G thug. Oh really? Yeah. I didn't I didn't check, but. Well, no. Well. I didn't actually check. This is what the scuttlebutt is on the interwebs. <laughs> and the... So it's interesting, and I felt this way, but I didn't actually say it, which was just like, people are racist. And they're using thug, like, instead of using anything more derogatory, because that's considered inappropriate. And guess what? Sherman comes out on Tuesday or whatever, and he says the exact same thing. Or Wednesday, he's like, thug is just a nice way of not saying the N-word. I, I, I wouldn't have thought of that, but I guess I can see it. Right. All right. Well, think about it. Think about it. If you're in hockey or whatever, hockey, there was a they call them goons. That's the thing. But let me just tell you something. Have you ever called? Have you ever heard someone call a white person a thug? Yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't. I mean, I haven't. people who like jump you on the street, I feel like would be thugs. Or white trash. Yeah, but white trash don't jump you on the street. I mean, they could, but. I'm not gonna say that, like. Right, I've never used the word thug derogatorily. I don't think I have, or derogatory is not even a word. Derog- in a derogative manner, I don't think I've ever used it. Like that's a that guy's such a thug. Like I don't, and I could see there's racial connotation to that. So, I think Richard Sherman's right. I think he's right. I like him. I think his interview was fine. I have no issues with him. I hope he does it ten more times against Peyton Manning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought it was cool. I mean. It- thought we did pretty good and stuff. I didn't know also, I mean, I don't follow the Seahawks super closely. It's just, you know, I'm into them winning or whatever. 
but uh, we have the most penalties, and we're like totally the like most hated team or whatever. Yeah. So I, I you know, I've watched a lot of CX games. They're chippy. Chippy being like they do a lot of uh, uh, really close coverage on the wide receivers. Uh, there are a lot of hands out there. Very uh, aggressive team. And I think what happens is is there's a lot of uh, uh, aggravation from the other team. So there's a lot of fouls and penalties that come of that. Makes sense. Um, it's a pretty technical breakdown of it. I like it. And and also here's the thing, Richard Sherman saying the thing he did, right? And 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 everyone loving Peyton Manning because this is his last year. People love when quarterbacks go out on the on the top. It immediately, as soon as Richard Sherman did that, people were like pulling out twenty dollar bills and just like, how could I bet on the Broncos? <laughs> really? Oh yeah. So the, the line, right now, the Seahawks, in my opinion, the Seahawks should be favored by three, three and a half. And I'm no expert, but they should be favored. It, they were uh, Broncos were favored by two and a half. There's no possible way, uh, whatever. I, I, I feel like everyone in America, Richard They're both Sherman, number one seeds, right? I kept hearing that. Well, they are both number seeds. Here's my point. Richard Sherman played the heel. He played the heel to perfection. So much so, this is like wrestling. That, yeah. he, that he made, he turned America against the Seahawks. And people already hate the Seahawks fans. They hate yeah. them, which is crazy. That's because we're they? the best. That's why. Right, and that's exactly why they hate us, because we think we're the best, or whatever. I say we, the colloquial we. The, you know, we're loud, and we're loud because they care. They care. That's what's, you know, whatever. You don't like people because they care. You don't like Richard Sherman because he's amped up and he makes a good play. God, come on. I mean, look, if you have an opinion about Richard Sherman, we do have a viewer. By all means, post it in our questions, uh, our comments. Are we even looking at that, though? I mean... I'm wait, looking, I have it up on mine, so... I'm loading I it. it up there. Yeah, so um, by all means, if you have an opinion on the Super Bowl, if you have an opinion on the Seahawks, if you have an opinion on a player on the Seahawks, I mean, just let us know. I Here, I love it. So, Mar- Speaking of Marshawn Lynch and the Skittles, I love how they throw Skittles into the crap, like into the field. I know, yeah, the whole Skittles thing is ridiculous. It's kind of awesome. I it's, think Skittles actually got behind it, too. It's great. They they serve a Marshawn Lynch burger at the, the stadium that comes with a side of Skittles. <laughs> no way, that's awesome. It's totally amazing. I think, good for the Seahawks. I'm rooting for them. I hope they make it. It would, it would do wonders for uh, the region. I, look, January in Seattle is about as dreary uh, a month as you could possibly get. Now we've been dry, but it's been cloudy a lot, you know. Um, I, personally, I like the clouds. This is this is my kind of weather. Well, look, I'm not talking about personal favorites. I'm just talking in general, not you being peculiar and liking clouds and no sun and rain. Generally, January is a bummer month. Yeah, I for most most people, traffic is bad. It gets dark at. Yeah, the days are short. That 430, is 4:30. Uh, so it's rain plus night, uh, plus night, plus uh, lots of traffic. Uh, it, it's just a bad time. I think the Seahawks' performance and their success this year in the NFL has made Seattle in January a better a better place. The Seahawks have made Seattle a better place just for the camaraderie and the excitement and all of those things. And I think that should be. An, I don't think we do we need to say any more about the Seahawks. I don't know. Uh, no, Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch interviewing with the Japanese. That was pretty good about the different candies. Yeah, I love. He's like, I love the high chew, but I can't be eating this on the field. 
I know. It's and too then, chewy. No, well, he was like, it's too chewy, and it has a wrapper. And then the best is like, but if I'm at home playing some video games, I'm, I know, yeah. I'm slamming these. I love that. I love that. That was anyway. Um, so uh, what what else we got? I I I feel like we, oh we should. Talk, I don't really have much else to talk about. We don't have any other major topics. Let's talk about our uh, movie roulette. Oh yeah, review roulette. Yeah, review roulette. It's like every other way I could say those words plus others. Yeah, so review roulette. So everyone, I'm gonna give you a brief uh, kind of overview of what review review roulette is. And uh, so every week, Fresher, that is Jeremy, and Parlance, that is me, uh, we randomly select a movie from the Netflix uh, queue, or I'm sorry, the library. Um, and then review it the following week. So you two at home could watch the movie and also share in your critique of the movie. Um, yeah. this, last week, we picked a movie called My Future Boyfriend. Um, yeah. And also, uh, just to clarify, it's less of a review and more of a talking about, but also includes a review portion. Right. We do offer a numerical grade on a scale of 1 to 10 each uh, week. And then we aggregate that for a fresher and parlance rating. Or yeah, I should well, say, not, we, not we, aggregate, yeah. we, we mean I guess, yeah. Well, last stuff. week was easy because you gave, like, a zero. <laughs> um, well, you can't divide zero by anything, Jeremy. Come on. <laughs> well, okay, you said 0. 0.5, then. Yeah. So this week we picked a movie, a film, and I had it up, and I started looking at Bruce Willis stuff, and I lost the page. But it was called My Future Ex... My Future Boyfriend. Yeah, it was uh, not that good. <laughs> well, well, let's before we go into kind of the specifics of it, let me read a quick uh, plot synopsis of the movie. Um, let's see if I could find it here. Which, by the way, amazing. I just typed it in. There's a Wikipedia page for this movie. I am amazed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm amazed at that. Um, so here's the plot um Wow, this is a much bigger plot synopsis than I'm used to for our, our, our films. An, archaeolog an archaeologist from 1,000 years in the future, which is wrong, by the way. It's actually uh, 1,100, I think, years in the future, uh, uncovers a romance novel written in our time, our time being 2011. He journeys back to find out about a thing called love from the novel's author, set in New Orleans, shooting in Atlanta. It's weird it was in New Orleans, too. And also shot in Atlanta, apparently. This is a, a, a user uh, review. Um, so I, Fred Willard was in it. Was that the main guy? No, Fred Willard was the old guy. That, oh, that, yeah, that, he was, like, one of my favorite people, actually. That was, like, the only recognizable person. Yeah, and, well, Sarah Rue, who uh, was the female lead, I, um, my wife is amazing at this. I just point out a face, and I go, I know this face. Where have you seen it? Yeah. And she's like, oh, duh. That was the surrogate lesbian mother in Rules of Engagement, which was like a <laughs> too big character, and she just like amazing. That's, like, that's pretty specific, yeah. I know it was amazing, um, but uh, apparently she's also been on um, Big Bang Theory and uh, Two and a Half Men. She's a TV actress, which is fine because this was actually a a, um, a TV movie. Yeah, it, it was, was ABC. Movie. You said. I think it was ABC Family, even. Is that a different channel? Huh. Yeah, it's a different channel altogether. But, uh, dude, their feature was super dumb. That was oh. the dumbest feature ever. It was horrible. I think besides the feature stuff, I mean, it was pretty average and normal, but, I mean, 
that was the worst depiction of the future I've almost ever seen. Uh, well, you know what's amazing about the future is that he was wearing like a really cool V-neck and I had know, some yeah. like some sweet ass like silver shiny or black chucks that were not chucks. They were off-brand, pay less chucks. Um, yeah, and, and um, all right, let's just get right into it. Let's start. Yeah. So the movie starts off. They are, it's 3,100. And yeah, they're, they're doing some, yeah, like you mentioned, like an archaeological, archaeological, I can't even say that, dig, oh. like in the, what used to be the Pacific Ocean, I guess, and they find a box full of money and a paperback book, and then they're like, oh, I've never seen a book with paper on it. And like, like I think this is the only one in existence. <laughs> right, and the it was in a cruise ship that had sunk. Yeah, it was a cruise ship, and they're all trying to speculate. Like, about, I think this is a leisure vehicle that people from the t- 2012 used or something. <laughs> right. So he finds the book, and it's one of those schlocky romance novels that that you find like at supermarket checkout lines, and he reads it. And he finds out about love and sex and a few other things, uh, but primarily that's it, love and sex. I mean, it was like lust and like passion or something. Right, all related to about love and, and relationships, and he doesn't know what it is. Because in, yeah, in the future, they don't have love. They just have partnerships. Yeah, and, and when he asked the computer, computer, what is love? The computer spit back, love is a forbidden topic, and it was... Yeah, that's yeah. dumb. Plus, that computer was dumb. The fe- I just can't get over how dumb the future was. Oh, uh, yeah, well, I okay. So, Fred Willard, who is this young guy, blonde guy, good-looking guy, young, blonde, he wants to learn about love, so he goes to the this institute? I don't even know yeah, what it was. Yeah, it was the World Institute of Science, right. which the- I also thought was stupid, Like, and it was just some dumb old building. Also, they had cars still, Apparently, because there was a freeway in the background. Uh, yeah, they had cars, and which became a plot point in the few, when in the later in the movie. Remember in the parking yeah. garage? Anyway. I know. And then he's trying to talk to it to drive or whatever that was done. Uh, all right, whatever. Let's not go too far. Let's not jump too far ahead. Yeah. So he takes he takes the he takes the initiative to learn about love and decides to go back in time. Yeah. Really? So. Whoa, they have a time machine and they're doing all these archaeological digs. Like, just go back and get stuff. Yeah, why is why is everything why is history so confusing if you have a working time machine that not only could you go back in time but return? All you have to do is like hold your have it on your bracelet. Like, yeah, just have the I bracelet mean, on you. You'd think that that would be a much better way to study things, and I don't know. It, that was dumb. Totally dumb. <laughs> That was so, like I feel like that's the underlying thing that just makes the whole thing ridiculous. Oh, that's not even the. There's so many ridiculous things about that movie. So, all right, whatever. Then he, so he, go, he tries to go back then, but he doesn't know how to use the machine. Which, by the way, if you're a scientist who works at the whatever the Institute of Science, you think you would learn how to? You would know how to use the science. You, the, the probably the most important invention of, in the history of mankind, a time machine. You would know, know how to use that. And like it was just in like the normal room they're hanging out in. It wasn't even like a special time machine room. No, the the set the setting. I mean, it lived up to being a made-for-TV movie. It was <laughs> yeah. shot like in some guy's basement with some lights. The 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 time machine was it it was just an arc 
with like a special effect on it. It didn't have any. It was not even a machine per se. It didn't have any working or moving parts. So he goes back in time and uh, he finds this woman and she works for a like National Enquirer type tabloid. And of course, uh, her writing about a time traveling guy would be like status quo for her. So she gets assigned this because he's asking for her specifically. Her main editor assigns her the project and. She takes it on, and love blossoms. I guess I don't. I, I yeah. don't. But then the whole, I don't, like all the stuff. There's no way they could be like normal, not modified people, and not have those things. Like he just hears music, and he's like, "What is this rhythm?" Like, oh yeah, he's like knocking the rocks at you. He's like shaking and doing the thing. Yeah, that's was stupid. I mean, how could you? I don't know. Oh, and if you're a scientist, and you're an archaeologist, and you're going back in time, you think maybe you would check the date on the currency to yeah. make sure that it's not in the future? Because that well, was I mean, I thought that was probably, like, the best part of the whole thing, because I've never seen that, like... That was actually a good catch by them, but, like, it was still dumb. I mean, but, if you would have waited any longer, like, it would have, like, totally been fine, but I don't know. Like, there was actually no logic to how they did stuff. Well, so he, they, she has a, a, a fiancé who seemed like a normal guy. Like, I didn't really hate him. That was the thing. Like, I know. He wasn't even that unlikable. He was only unlikable in the sense that he didn't like the main guy, but why wouldn't he like the main guy? He was the, that main, the, the main time-traveling guy was, like, totally trying to fall in love with this, his fiancé. So, of course, he's not going to like the main character. I don't think I would have liked that guy either. He looked dumb. Plus, his, he had dumb hair. Oh. What was up with his hair? Well, his, I didn't find his hair to be terrible. I found his I outfits to be terrible. I think he looked just terrible in general. And everyone just kept saying, like, oh, he's such a cute guy. You should go for that guy. Uh, and here's the thing. Why? He was so naive for being... You know, it reminded me of... Remember that Brendan Fraser movie where he lives in the bomb shelter for, like, 20 years? And runs out of food. I, I, maybe I didn't see it, but I think I know what you mean. It's with Alicia Silverstone. Um, it's called, I forget, it's called Blast from the Past. Man, I am pulling out some rare <laughs> gems today. So essentially, Christopher Walken's his father. It's like the 1960s, and it's around the time of the Cuban Missile Crisis. He, they get a false warning, or something happens where... Uh, an explosion, they run into a bomb shelter and then some freak occurrence happens which causes an explosion above the bomb shelter so they think that there's... Oh, yeah. So he lives with, with his father and mother in this bomb shelter for like 20 years, comes back out and he's like super naive about everything and he's just trying to get supplies but he's like, he can't believe how wondrous the world is in this post-apocalyptic like bombed out world, right? <laughs> so he's super naive about everything. I felt like that guy channeled Brendan Fraser's performance from that movie. But in my mind, Brendan Fraser's performance is way more believable because he, he was living in a bomb shelter for 20 years. This guy lives in the future 1,100 years in the, in 1100 years in the future and, and works for an institute of science. Exactly. So why is he so naive? I don't get it. I don't I get it. I feel like he was even dumber than the people in, like, um, Idiocracy because those people were dumb in the future, but, like, that was kind of the whole point. Right, exactly. And in this movie, they have a fucking time machine. Who invented the time machine? If you're such a, you're at, you're such idiots. I know. And also, they've never cried before. How is like my eyes are leaking? Like, how are you gonna like grow up without crying? 
Like this, this movie. Yeah, that was. All right. So one, there's one point that I actually laughed in the whole movie. One point. So I've been making notes now of my laughter in the movie. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So you know, at the very end, when he first off he escapes from the feds, which is ridiculous. Yeah, just like with not even anything special. Yeah. They find their way back. Him and uh, Fred Willard, who comes to rescue him or whatever. They find their way back at the tabloid office, and the time is running out, and it's like five, four, three, two, one, and the guy shoots, and they disappear, and the dart hits the guy right in the neck. Yeah, yeah, the fiance over. guy. Yeah, that was the only part I was like, that was funny <laughs> because he was just like, he just like took it in the neck and falls over, and he's just like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> nobody even cared. I know, and they just like let that go. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't think about it that much, but like, yeah, that guy was not that good of a bad character. Like, he was totally not unlikable. No, he was just a normal guy who didn't like the fact that his fiance was being spending a lot of alone time with another guy. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. That was weird. So then, at the very end, they just freaking just said, "Fuck it all, fuck it all. It's over with." You. <laughs> they just said, "You know what? Time paradox doesn't matter." Yeah. Yeah, I know, because at the very end, it was ridiculous. So they go back to the the future or whatever, and they're like, oh, man, I like wish I could go back, but it's too late. And the guy's like, well, you should just go back. He's like, but it's too late. And he's like, dude, time machine. And so he goes back to like before they met or whatever. But how was he not going to think of that? He's like, oh, it's too late. So, like, he right. clearly do that. Well, here's the thing. Their representation of time travel is completely inconsistent with what is time travel. He can't go back in time to predate the time he actually met her originally when he went back to learn about love and passion and kissing. Yeah. He can't go back unless they're doing this whole, this whole like almost like a Terminator 2 or Terminator series type where you could change the future by going back in time. But if he changes the future, then he can't go back to where he was. Yeah, I know. It's like, yeah, I don't know how to... They didn't explain any of that. The time travel was like a super minor part of the whole thing. Which is terrible because the whole point of the movie was time travel. Yeah, I thought it was... I thought it would be a little better than that. So... So, By the way, just so you know, it lived up to my expectations. Had I actually encountered this on ABC Family and watched about seven minutes of it, I might have finished it. I might have finished it. I wouldn't have. That guy was just super annoying. I like didn't like him at all. He was a horrible character and actor. Oh, I didn't think anything was really good about it. I just but I mean, I... it was like enough that I would not. I would actively want to not watch it. Okay. All right. Well, I would not watch it again, nor would I recommend it to anyone. Definitely not. But I thought it it was sufficient for what it was, which was. Uh, a, a made-for-TV original with low budget and production quality with TV actors, if that, like, bit actors. I mean, you don't pro- even need production quality if you just have a little bit better story. So, I, I feel mean, like that had a very shallow story. It was basically just like, what if people in the future didn't have love, and then they came back to find out what it was, and then they didn't think through anything. Right, and some ABC family executive was like, done, stamped. He's like, where can I sign? Where can I sign? I know. So, so what's your rating? What would you I, give it? Okay, so 
I actually like. Well, we need to write. I didn't actually. We don't have it written down anywhere. What we've given the past movies. No, we don't. But I mean, luckily we have a YouTube channel where we can go back to uh, scan. Yeah. Um. I I'm gonna give this. You know what? I didn't think it was as bad as the last uh, prototype film. Yeah. Um. I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give it a two. I'm gonna give it a three. A three. A three, so maybe two and a half, two and a half, two and a half. I was trying to remember what I gave the other movie. So what did I give the um, what did I give the uh, the second one? I can't remember the name of it. About the the uh, restaurant people. Oh, in the weeds. Uh, yes. You gave you gave that like a two or a one. Yeah. So I still like this better than that one. That was my least favorite we've, out of all movies. But I think that I like Prototype better than this one. Still my favorite of all the movies watched is Barfy, which is yeah. surprising. Yeah, yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. But, like, yeah, no. So I give it, I guess, a three if I gave the last one a three. Well, the thing is, I put this in the same... I feel like In the Weeds and this movie are roughly equivalent. It had Fred Willard, which I, I like Fred Willard. I actually met him once. He was a nice guy. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but it overall didn't do any... Like, Wait, which one? Oh, you mean the old guy, right? Yeah, the old guy, yeah. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah, I like, I, I like him. I mean, that's a plus for me, but the movie didn't really do anything for me emotionally. So it was just like in the weeds to me. And it wasn't as bad as Prototype. Prototype was just terrible. Like, it was confusing in plot. At least this one... It, it was. I mean, it was... But I like the I like the um, I guess the atmosphere of it. That's the only thing going on for me. Right. So that's what I'm saying. This one at least was coherent, even if the story was sloppy and the acting wasn't. It was coherent. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I give it a three. I will give it. A, I guess I'll give it a three also. Pending. No, not pending. It's it's a three. It's a three. Double three. three. Double three. So what's our average? Three. Oh, cool. <laughs> a fresher in Parlance rating of three. I look. I don't know who's watching right three. now. Somebody's watching right now. Yeah, somebody's watching right now. If you watched it, let us know what you thought of the movie. I doubt you. I'm watched pretty it. sure nobody watched it. I mean, no. I'd feel even though I do want people to participate, I'd feel a little bit bad if someone watched this on because of me. Or I, I don't feel bad at all. <laughs> Not I at mean, all. it would be completely up to them. But all right. Yeah. But the next. Uh, agenda item would be picking our next movie. Yeah, so what do you, what do you think about action and adventure? Yeah, I think yeah, I think we should go that route because uh yeah, I feel like we've done basically three romantic comedies and one bad sci-fi. Oh. Yeah, yeah, and this was by the way, this was supposed to be a sci-fi movie. Yeah, it was like yeah, that was not sci-fi. That was not sci-fi. I mean, I guess I don't know. I don't know. All right, let's it just do. Like let's just, it was horrible. Like the science in it was ridiculous. <laughs> so uh, what? What did you get? What did you get? I don't know. I'm still pulling up the thing. So just the basic uh, ad- action adventure. Yeah, just basic action adventure. All right. Choose random title. I got Detective D and Mystery of Phantom Flame. Wow. 
That sounds sounds alright, I guess. Yeah, I don't. What's the read the plot? Uh, when unexplained spontaneous combustion kills a pair of uh, dignitaries in seventh century China. Wow, this is a lot of things I didn't expect. The nation's first female emperor Wu uh, Zetini calls upon the trusted detective D to solve the mystery in the style in this stylish action epic. Okay, I I got B District B thirteen, which I thought was going to be a knockoff of uh, District um, what's that? Nine, District right. nine, but it's it's not. It predates it. It says produced and co-written by acclaimed filmmaker Luke Besson. He directed um, Fifth Element, by the way. Oh, really? Wrote and directed Fifth Element. Yeah. This stylized action thriller is set in Paris, 2010 where the government has fenced off the city's ghettos, the most dangerous of which is District B-13. That totally sounds like District 9. Teaming up to infiltrate the lawless sector, an elite unit cop and a reformed vigilante put their lives on the line in a gutsy attempt to retrieve a stolen nuke and thwart a terrorist attack by the city's most powerful gang. That sounds like one of the most classic plots ever in uh, our right setting. What's the Netflix rating? 3.6. Well, mine's 3.7. They're both pretty low. But is that out of 10 or out of 5? I don't know, actually. I guess I assumed 10. Well, which one do you want to do? Do you want to do... I don't know. Both of them sound all right. But I feel like we always pick mine. All right, let's just do District B13. Woo! District B13. I'm wondering if it's French. Oh, well, whatever. That's fine. I guess you don't have to pay much attention with the, you know... Um, subtitles or whatever. But the good news is it's only 84 minutes long. Woo! Nice. Yeah, pretty good. I think, um... I think, I think, I have hope. I really like Luke Besson. I think he's a really... Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I never even heard of this, so this is uh, exciting for me, but I didn't realize... It's so old. 2004. 2004. I mean, it's already... The movie deals with the future that's already happened. I know. I think that's going to be kind of funny to see the depiction of 2010... Um, that speaking of which, you know, when you when you go back and watch a movie that takes place in a future that's already happened, you just feel like like sad a little bit, like a little little portion of you just feels upset. I don't know. I mean, I feel like our future is better than most of the future depictions that I've ever seen. So I'm specifically thinking of the film Strange Days. Have you seen this with Ray Fiennes? And um, I don't. I don't think so. Maybe why? What was weird about it? Well, it took so I don't know exactly what year the film took place. It was probably the mid '90s. It was a, I believe it was directed by Catherine Bigelow, who also directed Hurt Locker and, and really became famous much later. Oh, I wanted to see that. I never saw that either, though. Yeah. So this Strange Days took place uh, from the New Year's Eve 1999 to the year 2000. Yeah. And I remember watching the movie in 1990, whatever, right? You know, ten. I don't actually know. Five, I actually don't know year. What maybe I. Anyway, the future was realistic, but it had this this Sony, well, I don't know if it was Sony, but this technology where, like Google Glasses, you put the thing on your head. Yeah. And you could record what you're seeing. Yeah. But that sounds like a, exactly like Google Glasses. But, uh, but here's the thing. You could all, you experience it, so you feel that the stuff, too, because it, like, somehow... It, like, melds in or whatever. Yeah, it melds into your synapses and stuff. So, essentially, like, people would you know, use this for pornography. 
And but the plot line here was for. So that's what you're mostly dis- disappointed about. Like, damn it, I want porn like that. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Well, the whole movie was about snuff, snuff movies. Oh yeah. Where they would see people either getting killed, or killing. Which was a, it was a really, it was actually a really, uh, a really great movie. But my point that's was cool. that the technology of that film was pretty like realistic. It wasn't like too far. Like the way they showed it, it wasn't it wasn't like too techy. It, it looked like a Sony Discman sort of and it yeah. seemed realistic. Um it wasn't like Back to the Future 2 where it's like hoverboards and flying cars and shit. It was just sort of like realistic and rooted in reality. And the fact that we never got anything like that was kind of depressing. And even when you think about 2001 A Space Odyssey, which was like 40 years, I think. I know. I think that's more disappointing than like a lot, like the whole space travel thing. Yeah, so that's my point. You don't feel that? I feel that way all the time. When I watch a movie that has already happened, like the future has already happened, I always feel like, oh, crap, like none of this stuff came true. Like what a bummer. It almost spoils the film for me, because I know that this is impossible. Yeah. So, that, and that, the reason why I bring this up is that, that's why I like when movies say, even though it's so stupid, they'll say, five minutes from now. Or, like, a year from now. Yeah. Instead of pinpointing a time, they pinpoint a future from the current point in time. Oh, yeah. Wait, why does that make a difference? Because then it's never going to happen. So you never have to worry about the technology. Never like You never disappoint it. You never have your expectations blown. You can't be like a movie made in 1980 that has a future like 1999. You will never, when we get to 2010, it will no longer be historically irrelevant. It'll, instead, we'll be watching a movie in 20, uh, you know, 2014, but it'll say one year from your future. It'll, so we're watching a movie in 2015. Oh, that takes place in 2015. So it Why don't always you just check what year the movie was made, and then it's 10 years from then. Because that would not be the way. It, that's not that. That doesn't work. People don't know that. People, you don't watch a movie and then say. <laughs> we just looked movie. it up for both these movies. I know, but in that movie it says 2010. Do you understand? Yeah, I mean, in the story, yeah, the story is specific. Right. So when you watch it, and they do this all the time, I've seen it in a number of cases where they'll say 15 minutes from now. Or well, I mean, that's, I mean, they're not going to say, like, in the year 2014 at 10.15. Bullshit. They do that all the time. For the, movie, the movie 2012. When it's only 15 minutes from the time that there are? Yeah, they do that all the time. Maybe, like, in 24. Like a, a 12, well, 24 for sure, which, by the way, they're bringing that back this year for 12 episodes. I'm super excited. I can't, that's wait, to see, cool. can't wait to see Jack Bauer come back. That is, like, one of my highlights for the spring. I can't <laughs> wait. Anyway... No, I'm that's... still psyched about uh, you know, Game of Thrones. Well, I am excited about that. No, but hold on. 2012. Here's a great example. Yeah. That movie 2012 with John Cusack, which was kind of like not great. Doesn't matter. I didn't see it. Well, here's my point. The movie's called 2012. It's now 2014. The movie's about the end of the world. When you watch this in 2011, this like a summer blockbuster movie, the world's going to end in a year from now. Yeah. Yeah, you're like, "Oh shit." This could happen. But guess what? Now it's, now, now it's 2012. I mean, now it's 2014. It's way past 2012. Fuck it. The world's, you know, this situation could happen, but now it's dated. 2012. Fuck it. They were wrong. <laughs> they, were, they were wrong. It's true. Anyway, I mean, I have a lot of opinions about that movie, too. 2012. That's just a silly movie. I didn't see it. 
I mean, I thought the whole thing was kind of dumb in general, the 2012 end thing. But I did have a lot of fun talking about it a lot. Right. So for the way I understand it, it wasn't like it was the end of the world. It was it was just sort of like another cycle, and you just start over. And it it wasn't like like some guy who's like chiseling. It wasn't maybe some guy was. Yeah, born they just and, didn't do it past then. Yeah, they were just like, "Fuck, I'm done. I did like a hundred years, a thousand years into the future." You know? <laughs> yeah, it's like, do I need to do more? Really? <laughs> That's what I would do. Like, I know it's like, could you imagine? That's your job. You're just fucking chiseling on a rock, right? <laughs> The guy probably died. That's what happened. I know. The, yeah. the, like, um, can anyone else know how to do this? No, not really. Ah, oh, screw it. Fuck it. Thousand years. It's a it's thousand fine. years from now. What would be funny when that ends? <laughs> I think they did like an SNL skit about that. Oh really? See, I'm like, I don't. I feel like I miss all these good skits. I mean, I guess you have to wade through a lot of crappy ones to see them. <laughs> Anyway, in that movie, which, by the way, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't very good either. The, you mean 2012? Yeah, 2012. They, th- there's a scene where they're like, the, all the wealthy, essentially, I, I'll ruin it for you. Do you care? No, I'm not going to watch it. Well, the world's coming to an end. That's the plot. Spoiler alert. Right? Yeah, spoiler alert. It's 2012. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. The year is 2012. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the world is slowly coming to an end. Well, not slowly, rapidly. And... Um, and people are getting evacuated out, but they're all going to these, what you think, well, I, at least in my perception, it was going to be giant spaceships. Yeah. But all the world's wealthy paid to build these ships. Were they spaceships? No, they were just cruise, like, giant shielded cruise liners. Why would you want to be in the ocean? Anyways, continue. That's it. They just used wealthy people to, to crowdfund, uh, a, like, the, the, the salvation of humanity. Yeah. That was it. That was it. And 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 the ships were, you know, by uh, nationality. So like one ship was like the United States ship. The other ship was the um, the Russian ship. And all, all you know, one ship was like the Middle East ship. And you know, theirs was all blinged out. But the um, that was a joke. <laughs> I like the that side was, note. That was a joke. Middle East one. Out. That one was the most baller. <laughs> yeah, that one. That one was carbon fiber covered. That was like it had the. Uh, no, but they. I kind of want to know what those ships look like now. Well, you should Google it after the show. You could take a look. They're just okay. giant, like, shielded, big-ass ships that fit tens of thousands of people on it. But it was, like, kind of bullshit. They'd, the U.S. government was like, fuck every normal person. It's only the rich. Only the rich are going. Yeah, but didn't they all die anyways? No, they lived. That was the thing. They lived. And John Cusack, which is the main character, he somehow, through smuggling, stealing, and savvy... Got yeah. him, got him and his family on the on the ship. Wait, but they survived. Yes, I figured everyone would have died. So like, how didn't it? Oh wait, whoa! Didn't the end? planet died. Like most of the planet died at the yeah. end. Yeah, but like the people on the ship lived. That's dumb. And then at the very end, they're like someone was on a radio, and then they get a radio call in. Yeah. And they're like, sir, sir, sir. You know, like classic military stuff. Sir, sir, I'm getting something. I'm getting yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, they're alive. They're alive, sir. They're alive. <laughs> anyway, and then there was like some place where most, all of the earth went down, and then some went up. So it went above sea level. Oh, so yeah. it was like everything was going to sink into the sea. Yeah. Dude, they were in like... Um, 
what, what the Tibetan? What's the Tibetan area there? The that range, that mountain range, <clears throat> the Himalayas. Oh, Himalayas, yeah. Which are like miles and miles and miles and miles and miles in, into the sky, right? They're like how many miles? Like three, four miles into the know, sky. Yeah, that's way you said miles enough to be actual miles. Then if it's four. Yeah. So the water from the, this impending doom it just like engulfs these giant four-mile-high mountains. That's so weird. It, yeah, so it had to be a massive surge of water, but apparently someplace in, like, South of Africa or, I don't know, Argentina or someplace, like, it went up and they lived. That's weird. I, oh, and, I, and that, I always love that. Uh, sir, sir, sir! You know, or the, um, <laughs> or the science at the end. But, of course, if, if, if most of the... And they're always British. If most of the... Uh, <laughs> I know, all the smart people are British in movies. Yeah, went down... It makes sense that a portion of the Earth would go up. No, I don't. You know, <laughs> he wasn't British. I don't think he probably was Indian. I think he was actually Indian. Huh. Yeah. Well, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I'm I not think watching the movie though. So. I, th- I think we're about out of time. We are. Do you have anything else you want to add to this? Uh, Ooh, let's see. Valentine's Day is coming up. Yes, right. we should we should do a Valentine's Day show. Yeah, Actually, I'm like, gonna be on a plane, I think. Oh yeah, next week, right? No, oh, the Super Bowl. The two weeks from now, we have the Super Bowl. Actually, next week should be our Super Bowl special. But the Super Bowl hasn't even happened yet. No, but it's like the anticipation of the Super Bowl. We should talk about things that are super. I would think that I don't know how to. Well, I don't know what to talk about before the Super Bowl. Things that are super. Okay, yeah, that like, sounds cool. Like super soakers. I love those. Oh, yeah, or super balls. Super balls are amazing. They are. That's, pretty right. much, that's probably all I got for super. Yeah, me too. Man? Superman? Uh, yeah, Superman. We can talk about Superman. <laughs> it well, yeah. Our so bowls. Our bowls. Anticipation mounts for our Super Bowl special. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. That's it. So if you if you have a super or a bowl related topic, yeah, okay, bowl related. That's good. <laughs> yeah, by all means, put it on our Facebook page, comment on our YouTube video, and uh, uh, like us. Click this link. Click yeah, this right here. Yeah, click it. Click it right here. So um, yeah. Uh, by the way, we're we're intermittently we have the Facebook page live. I literally just publish it uh, on to my news whatever feed, so yeah. you you could see it. Um, but it's also just there. It's the Fresher and Parland show, or I think the URL is Fresher and Parlands. Just look it up on Facebook. Like us, please do so. We, not that I really care, but I would like you to. And <laughs> I just um, want you to if you want to. I don't like whatever. Yeah, like but it. it'd be great if you did. But I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need uh, your like. Don't like it then. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I would appreciate it if you don't like it. As a matter of fact, could you comment and then say I don't like it, so I could like that. Yeah, or like your own I don't like this comment. Yeah, so really any any interaction you you want with our page. Hate mail, we love hate mail. Yeah, hate mail should be good. Critiques, comments, whatever you want to give us. Just go on Facebook or even our YouTube channel. We get, we get amazing comments. Last week, I'm, I'm going to call out our comments. Last week we had uh, Leonard Chikarison asking, what time does this go live? I responded back, 9 p.m. Yeah, that's some legitimate uh, commenting. Yeah. Um, look, we have two viewers. People are in and out. People are in and out. But we're closing down. I think so someone's computer's broken. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, it's too late now. This person, they're just they're seeing the closing off. So I think that's it. We'll have a Super Bowl theme show next week, um, and then maybe the following week some sort of special week where I. I mean, every week special. Let's uh, get down to the thing there. I mean. That is true. Really? Yeah, and and that one viewer that's on, you are special. You're extra special. It's uh, you know memorialized because we're saying it on air, so it's always going to be that viewer, the one who I'm looking at, their number one viewer here. Yes. You, sir, are amazing. You are amazing and special. <laughs> All right, well, this is Fresher signing off. And this is Parlance saying goodnight. Thank you, and see you next week. Woo!